podcast. My name is Bill. And I'm Stacy. And today we're going to be discussing 2022's film X. Uh, this is a film that I knew very little to nothing about. I heard from a few people that this is a pretty cool movie. You should definitely check it out. But uh, around the time that I found out about this film is around the time that we started doing our podcast. And one thing that I can say is definitely a curse of this podcast is it limits the amount of movies that I watch on my own pretty significantly like i wanted to see this in theaters i wanted to see uh pearl in theaters i wanted to see um smile in theaters but i want the first time that i watch them to be the time that i review for them and in order to do that both of us have to be in the same room at the same time with mm-hmm. kids that's difficult to uh hop in the theaters at any given, given moment. time yeah so this is one that i had to wait until it was available in streaming which it currently is if you have i believe that it's showtime yes so if you haven't seen this movie out yet, check it out. It's on Showtime. Uh, if you don't want to get Showtime, I'm sure that'll be on Redbox soon enough, if not there already. Um, this is a film that, according to IMDb's title page, in 1979, a group of young filmmakers set out to make an adult film in rural Texas. But when their reclusive elderly hosts catch them in the act, the cast find themselves fighting for their lives. So, like I said, this is a film that I knew... Little to nothing about, I sort of, I see you changing your uh, (laughs) review of it. Um, it, It's something that I knew very little to nothing about, but I had that sort of vague idea of what it was. It was about a uh, group of people who were trying to make a porno, and the farm that they were staying at, the people were prudes, and they didn't know about it. That's all that I knew about this movie going in. Um, And... Let's kind of jump right into it. I really don't have too much backstory to give to this. I, I love it when I watch a movie and I know very little to nothing about it. And this one was that. I'm very glad that I didn't watch the trailers for it beforehand. Yeah. Uh, so the way that we review movies in this channel, 1 through 10, 1 being dog shit terrible. It's not worth your time. It's complete waste. 5 is average. It's not going to offend you. It's not going to... Uh, win any awards 10 being this is an absolutely amazing movie where did you get this so as you so keen conveniently pointed out i changed my answer five seconds ago um i had a five and after really thinking about it i knocked it down to a four okay um it's non-spoilers right yes very okay so just like the story the plot kind of it was sort of mixed up like in the beginning i feel like i watched two different movies so i feel like i have two different opinions on the movie the first half of the movie hated thought it was just so over the top done wasn't needed then when you finally get about hour in it really picked up and i enjoyed that so i gave it a four because there was a lot of nudity and nudity that I didn't necessarily want to see. So, I just, I don't know. I really struggled with um, giving this a, a rating number. <laughs> One thing that I've learned watching movies with you is you hate slow burn movies. You really do. It yeah. drives you insane. You want the action to start right away and you want it to go throughout the whole movie. And if it doesn't <laughs> happen, if the... Uh, what you think is going to happen doesn't start happening right away. This movie sucks to you. It's like, oh, that first hour was completely wasted. To me, it's the complete opposite. This movie is an hour and 45 minutes, and it spends the first hour of this movie doing nothing but developing characters and building a storyline, and I love it for it. I gave this movie an 8 out of 10, and I was debating giving it a 9. There are certain aspects of it that I didn't care for. Uh, The villain in this movie was slightly over the top uh for where i wanted that person um but the character development to me was great the kills were freaking awesome the uh the way that they shot the scenes was amazing it's definitely a period piece this is 1979 all over it yes um and they do such a good job of bringing you to this time uh that like out in the middle of uh nowhere texas uh they did such an awesome job with this movie. I, I love almost everything that they did with it. It's funny. We, we took a small break and uh, went out to lunch after we watched the movie. 
and in the car, Stacey's like, so what, are you, what did you think of the movie? I'm like, we're not allowed to talk about it yet. We're not on the podcast because you are very keen to changing your rating based upon what other people think of it. <laughs> See, and I enjoyed the kills. Uh-huh. I, I liked it. That second half or even whatever you want to call it. The last 30 minutes The last or so. part of the movie, I thoroughly enjoyed. You're right. I don't like a slow burn. I like when... You build the characters, but you don't need to overdo it and keep pounding it, pounding, pounding. I just was so bored in the beginning. It's because it's not that type of movie for me. I don't like the bad porno vibe of a movie. That's just yeah. never me. So have you ever seen the movie Boogie Nights? I don't think so. With Mark Wahlberg? Oh, I did see it. Did you like that movie? I don't remember if I liked it. <laughs> I love that movie, and that movie has porno vibes all over it. You know what? I did. I do remember seeing it. Yeah, it was a good movie. Yeah, so. <laughs> and tell me this. When you watch here a little chick flicks, and uh, 100% of the movie is story building. Why is that okay, but it's not okay when the first hour of this makes you care about the characters and whether they live or die? Because it's romantic, and it always has a happy ending. Well, this is romantic. In many ways, no. which we'll get into during spoilers. It's very, it's got very romanticish yes. type of stuff. This is true. <laughs> Maybe that's why I didn't like it. Uh, so I had to Google one of the uh, people's names in here. Uh, the guy who plays Jackson is Kid Cudi or Cudi, something like that. It's apparently some rapper. I have no idea what it, who he is, but apparently he's uh, pretty popular. So hmm. okay. Other than that, uh, I. Do not know a single person from this movie. Not a single one of them. Did I look at them and say, oh, that guy looks familiar. The oh, only that one that I knew familiar. was Bobby Lynn, Brittany Snow. She's in Pitch Perfect, all of the Pitch Perfect. She was in Hairspray. So none of these movies that you'd ever seen. But yeah. she was very familiar. As soon as I saw her, even with like the character she was playing, I knew exactly who she was. Okay. Yeah, I didn't recognize anybody. We got Mia Goth playing as Maxine, Jenna Ortega as Lorraine, Brittany Snow as Bobby Lynn, Kid Cudi as Jackson. I'm sure people are going to kill me for the pronunciation of that guy's name. Like, I should know him. Uh, Martin Henderson plays Wayne. Owen Campbell plays RJ. And uh, a couple other names that are uh, lesser characters in the movie. Is it true that Maxine played not only Maxine, but also the old lady? It doesn't say in IMDb if she plays the old lady or not. It, it has dot, 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 so maybe. Uh, oh, well, in that case, then, yes. Uh, it, apparently on the mobile app of IMDb, it says that she plays the old lady. I was trying to find it on uh, IMDb. I, I'm on the desktop, and I can't find it anywhere, but on the app, it shows that she plays both people, so that's pretty neat. I was surprised. You can tell it... that it's definitely somebody with a lot of uh, makeup on. Yes, Absolutely. Um, but when I looked that up in the app and I saw that it actually made me change kind of the way I felt about the old lady, mm -hmm. because a lot of the stuff that they were putting into the story makes much more sense now, knowing that it was played by the same character. Yeah, I, I can, I can see that. We'll dive into that a little bit more once we get into spoiler stuff. But overall, like I said, I love this movie to you. This is just shy of an average movie, but overall pretty good yeah um, it's a good watch definitely watch it people who should not be watching this is people who easily get offended by adult scenes meaning nudity sex all that because it is heavily present in yes. this film especially the first well i wouldn't even say the first hour throughout the whole film it's yes. a very heavily present uh presence throughout the movie um if you don't like horror it's probably not gonna be for you um I wouldn't go out and call this film full horror. It's not full-fledged horror. It's more suspense and drama-building uh, aspects of it, but it definitely is a horror movie. So I wouldn't say if you hate horror, don't go see this. Like, That's fine. It's just if severe adult content distracts you, don't see this movie. It very much gives like the Rob Zombie Halloween vibes. Hmm. I didn't get that from this. I definitely got it in the beginning. Um, the typical story of the girls with the guys and kind of that. So I, I can see the resemblance of what you're talking about. And to me, that's a grindhouse uh, vibe. 
So you're probably not very familiar with that. We'll get into some of those movies as we get down the line once we get into some of the cheesy type of horror movies. But the Grindhouse vibe very much has the same similar feel as to this movie has throughout. Um, it has like two different directing styles. Yes to this when it does the stuff where it's going super retro or making it seem like they're recording something because obviously they're shooting a porno mm-hmm. uh you very much get that grittiness yes. of the uh late 70s early 80s and then as you get to the other scenes it's very very well shot i've seen like what do you call it like b-list horror or where it's like movies yeah i've seen those and this doesn't strike me as that even in the beginning with like all of the adult film scenes no this is very well done and they take itself seriously yes and that's what i mean like it's it gives me that vibe but it's not like super cheesy like it was done really well but like for my taste it was just a little much but that's because i don't really like that type of movie Gotcha. But it still was good. Okay. So uh, from here, we're going to dive into a little bit of trivia. A lot of the trivia that I'm reading on this is very repetitive. I'm still going to read some of it off to you, though. Um, Now, keep in mind, some of this is going to be spoilerific. So I've done as good of a job as possible at keeping this spoiler free up to this point. If you haven't seen this movie yet, go check it out. Give yourself your own opinion on it. See whether you think that this is a... uh, eight or a four we're pretty much complete opposite end of the spectrum over here uh and let us know in uh instagram or facebook what you think of it uh we're very uh happy to respond back to anybody who sends us a reply and make this a conversation instead of just a one-sided uh conversation absolutely so once again some spoilers if you haven't seen it go see it so the trivia for this the first one is the day after x's south by southwest premiere writer and director ty west revealed during pre-production for the film that he used all that time they had a mandatory two-week quarantine uh that he spent in his hotel he spent all that time writing a prequel for this movie called pearl and uh that movie actually is released all right despite this being a 2022 movie as the production for x wrapped up Because the sets were already constructed, he asked Mia Goth if she wished to remain in New Zealand and film Pearl, which she accepted in the prequel release later in the same year. So, I did not know Pearl was a sequel to this movie. I watched like a 60 second, I watch those YouTube shorts all the time, uh, whether I've seen the movie or not. And I saw one for Cody Leach and he mentioned the word X in it, so it makes much more sense now. Um, so I'm very excited to go out and watch the movie Pearl to see what I think of that, because I think the backstory of this character would be pretty damn cool. So it's a prequel? It's a prequel, assumingly about Pearl, which would be awesome. Yeah, that actually sounds pretty interesting. So there was an actual adult film called The Farmer's Daughters. It was made in 1976, and it became pretty infamous in its time because it starred future acclaimed mainstream writer and actor Spalding Gray. Uh, the film, the title of the two films refers to the X rating that used to be used by the MPAA. Uh, it was used from 68 until 1990, which indicated that the film was only suitable for audiences aged 16 or older. The idea behind that rating is unlike other certifications, X would not be trademarked and allow filmmakers to release their film in theaters without need to submit it to the MPAA for age certifications. Notable films that originally released with an X rating include Clockwork Orange, which is amazing, Fritz the Cat, which I never saw, Last Tango in Paris, never saw, <laughs> Midnight Cowboy, never saw, <laughs> and Sweet's, Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song, never saw. <laughs> in the 70s, the porn industry would wind up exploiting the X rating's uh, lack of trademark by releasing pornos in theaters that had the same rating. Eventually, X became more associated with porn, and more and more theaters started refusing to show films with an X rating, forcing non-pornographic films to, uh, to be censored to receive an R rating. In 1990, the MPAA discontinued the X rating and replaced it with NC-17. Unlike X, NC-17 uh, was trademarked and could not be self-applied. This means, uh, so it, it still meant that most theaters would not show films with the rating, resulting in censorship once again. Um, and that, I believe, has a big impact with like Terrifier 2, why that was not allowed to be shown at 
a mass amount of theaters. It had to have a very small release. Only certain theaters would show it, um, and it didn't get the big uh, demand that it got. So when you have that stamp on you, NC-17, you instantly lose a ton of money. So there's a lot of movies out there, similar to like the Friday the 13th, that want to show as much gore as possible. But they need to keep it at an R rating, otherwise that movie is going to get destroyed yeah. uh, in box office revenue because they're not going to make it. So they dull these movies down so much to where when you see it, like Jason Takes Manhattan, and it's terrible. The gore in it is almost non-existent because the MPA made them get rid of almost everything. Wow. So it's it's a shame to see, and that's why you see so many uh, directors cuts and unrated cuts come out now, because originally they were given an NC seventeen rating, and uh, they knew that if they tried releasing with that, it would be death for them in the box office. So they kept the exact same cut, but then they made it for straight to DVD release after the movie was put out. Makes sense. Which I typically enjoy seeing those directors cuts a little bit more than I enjoy seeing the theatrical cuts i don't mind that it's 10 minutes longer i like seeing what they intended to originally be shown uh this film was shot on location in new zealand which did they mention that this was in new zealand at all no i I had no idea yeah i thought that this was texas i don't know why it says on location in new zealand uh the prequel film pearl which was secretly shot simultaneously with x Pearl would have its world premiere at the 79th Venice International Film Festival on September 3rd, 2022, and was released in theaters in the United States on September 16th, 2022, by A24. The name of the gas station in the mini-mart at the beginning of the film is a direct reference to Thai West movie The Innkeepers, which is set at the Yankee Peddler Inn. Uh, Brittany Snow talked about filming the nude scenes in an interview. And she said, I think that there was a lot of confidence in terms of our characters. And the part of the nudity came from that confidence that our characters exuded. It almost felt necessary. Because not only were we filming a porn, but our characters would be so comfortable with that. Snow said that the film was an exercise in feeling confident about my body. I was pretty proud of myself. That's got to be a very hard thing for you to do. To, uh... Not be an adult actress, but uh, go full nudity in the movie. I was thinking that because I know her as the actress in these, I don't want to say like good films, but more of like a, like a, fa- not family, but definitely not as uh, promiscuous yeah. films. And so when I seen the first scene where she went topless, I was like, holy cow. I was actually shocked because you know there's certain rules that these actors or actresses put in their contracts and up until this point I don't think that she's done that. So this was a huge step and could be a nail in her coffin if it doesn't go well. But I think it worked well. Yeah, I agree. Um, So the following uh, spoilers might give away several important plot pieces. Uh, several of the characters' deaths are foreshadowed in various ways. I, I don't even think that I need to read this one because this is almost every single horror movie out there. Their deaths are going to be foreshadowed in most of them, or it's a fake out, one of those two. Uh, the man found in the basement later on in the movie is also seen on the missing persons ad on the milk carton that Jackson was drinking straight from the fridge, which mm. I noticed that one. I don't know if you caught on to that. No. Um... Mia Goth is cast as dual role as Maxine and Pearl, the main protagonist and antagonist, respectively. She reprises the role of Pearl in the prequel, Pearl, 2022, released just six months later on September 16, 2022, which I guess that kind of uh, gives you something to talk about as well. Like, was that too soon for them to come out with a prequel? I, I can fully see them filming it this quickly and keeping the same vibes of the characters and everything but to me that feels too quick to have the movie and then instantly boom prequel um why would you do it that way and not do the prequel before the other movie wouldn't it give you better context a lot of the times it's better to give your main movie thought first because if you're 
original idea typically is your best idea. Okay. So if X is your original idea and it works really well, which I obviously thought that it did, that's probably a better movie to release first than the prequel because if that if Pearl came out first, and I don't know what people thought of it. I didn't look up ratings yet, but if people thought that it wasn't good, why would they ever go out to see X? That's true. To Pearl. That's true. Um, but I guess my main question is, does it feel like it was rushed? Um, now, there are plenty of movies that they film back to back to back and then just space out the amount of time in between uh, the movies. Uh, I think Lord of the Rings was all filmed back to back and it made sense because you, you have all the uh, camaraderie between characters in the films. Um so it makes complete sense to film them back to back. And the only logical thing that I can think of to release them that close to each other is maybe uh, the people in charge will say, hey, the first movie tanked, we're not going to release this. But the money's already invested, the film's already shot, so are they really going to say no? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I, I don't see the purpose in releasing them so closely to each other. To me, that, that it's counterintuitive. You, it's too much. Yeah, uh, you want to create a little buzz. Yeah, absolutely. But I think overall, that's uh, all the trivia that I'm going to go through. There's a couple more things in there, but it, it's going to be going over the same exact uh, things that I already went through. So from here, we're going to dive in scene by scene and kind of break down the film. And what we thought of it as we're going. So, obviously, we hit on spoilers already. This is much, much more spoilerific than the trivia is ever going to get. So, if you haven't seen it yet, go see it. So, the movie opens up with a super, super grainy film. And a cop pulling up to a house. And then very slowly, it increases. It's a square film. And it slowly increases it to take away the square and then bring it to a normal frame. And this movie does stuff like that several times throughout, and I love it every time that they do it. It's a very cool trick that they're doing with the uh, filters that they have on the cameras, and I, I absolutely love the uh, choice of how they do it. Yeah, it was it. a good opening scene. <clears throat> so the cop walks up. Very much reminds me of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, he walks up to the house and... Uh, it just looks like we're in the wake of a bloodbath. There's stuff everywhere here. Lots uh, he's, of blood. He's going past body after body after body. Um, and on the TV inside, there's a uh, some type of church channel with a guy just uh, preaching about uh, Satan, Satan and his powers. And that's a very common thing that we're going to see many times throughout this movie. Uh, the cop goes into the basement and as he's walking down, we start getting this awesome score. Um, sounds really cool. It's almost organs and a girl singing autonomously at the same time. Very, very cool. Very memorable. Um, and he looks at something and just says, oh my god. And then we don't get to see what happens. It cuts the scene to Maxine. She's uh, chopping up and snorting coke. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get a title card saying 24 hours earlier. So whatever happened in that house, we're now one day before. And Wayne walks in and tells Maxine that she's special. There's nobody likes you, like you. She looks in the mirror and says, you're a fucking sex symbol. <laughs> <laughs> and then they walk out of the strip club later on and hop into a van. And the van is titled Plowing Service. Yeah, I thought that was funny. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> and we find out that it's 1979 uh, via a big title card. So in the van, there's a whole bunch of people hanging out. And they're passing out scripts for a film called The Farmer's Daughter uh, that they want to make and distribute on their own. They want to start making their own type of pornos and not have to be with a big company to do yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, they all go into this convenience store. Uh, Wayne and Maxine go in, and they're talking about how they want to be. He wants to be rich. She wants to be famous. Uh, and outside, Typical Hollywood. Yep. Outside, they're already filming. So they're at the convenience store filling up their gas tanks and uh, talking about different angles that work better or worse for the scene that they're in. Uh, the guy, RJ, who's in charge of filming, is very much into, I want this to be 
an emotional film. I want people to look at this as a film, not as a porno. And the other people there are just like, people just want to see people fuck. Yeah. Hey, why don't you hold the camera up higher so that way it looks like instead of holding the guest, uh, Pompey's holding his dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it works well. Uh, it, it's really cool how they do this stuff. They have a really cool transition from here going to the farm uh, where it shows where they are. The screen goes to black and cuts to, over to the farm and cuts back to where they are. Almost like you're changing reels or something like that inside of the camera. It looked really neat. Yeah. Uh, so as they pull up to this house, you get the awesome haunting type of score playing again. And Wayne goes inside to talk to the homeowner to be like, hey, we're here. Where is it that we're staying? Because they're uh, paying to stay at this place for however long that they're staying. He and has the worst scene so far in the movie where they run over the dead cow on the road. Yeah, I didn't even mention that because it, it, it felt unnecessary. It just was gross. Yeah, I mean, it... it it's a little bit of gore. It, I don't understand why that scene was in the movie, so I didn't talk about it. It was very similar similar to the end of the movie. I guess. Yeah, how they're just moving stuff along like cattle. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, that's a good point. So on their way to the farm, they pulled up to a big-ass truck, hit a cow, and they're just scooping up cow parts with a shovel to get it out of the road and clean things up. Yep. Um, so when they pull up to the house, Wayne is talking to the homeowner, uh, Howard. And Howard is very, very cautious about somebody coming up and holds a shotgun up to him. And everybody in the car kind of realizes that. They pull the gun out of the uh, glove box and get ready to throw it down if they have to. But Wayne is... Uh, Silver Tongue Devil and gets things situated and uh, lets the guy know, hey, hey, we're the guys who talked to you about renting out your place. And uh, he's like, oh, yeah, I do kind of remember that. So Wayne gets things situated. RJ and Lorraine are arguing in the van. Lorraine thinks that uh, all this shit is just smut. And RJ's like, no, we're going to make a great film. We're not making a porno. We're making a film. Yeah. Uh, he's very much, he very much cares about his work and the craft of it. And uh, so from here, they all walk in. Like uh, Wayne says, hey, we're all good. Don't worry about it. So they all walk over to the barn that they're going to be staying at despite the big scare that they just had. And Maxine can see somebody staring at them from an upstairs window. There's an old woman upstairs just staring outside at them. And there's this really, really cool wide shot, like taken from really far back in the distance. Um of uh, them walking up to the barn. Howard seems to be struggling just walking over to the barn. Yeah. He's very winded. Very Dylan. out of breath. Yeah. And Howard outright tells him that he doesn't like them. <laughs> He's like, don't you be going to my house and giving my wife no discretions now. <laughs> and I don't like you guys. Uh, so after he leaves, Lor uh, Lorraine's like, hey, he doesn't know that we're here to shoot a porn, does he? And Wayne's like, nope. And I'm not telling them it's easier to ask for permission uh, for forgiveness than it is to ask for permission. And they get to filming the porno, uh, like right away. Uh, what's her name? Bobby Lynn and uh, Jackson are just banging away. And Maxine goes outside to smoke because it's not her time to shoot. And uh, as she's walking around the property, you see this big, beautiful pond or lake, like a small lake. And somebody's stalking her in the background. Uh, you can see the person in the path. It's the old lady. Yeah. And she strips down and hops in the lake and goes skinny dipping. And as she's in there, you can see an alligator just very slowly swimming after her. Like, no fear, just not curious, but I want a meal type of alligator. It was such a great scene because they filmed it from, like, up above. So you have this huge lake. And, sh and Maxine is naked, like, tanning or whatever in the lake. And about 10 feet behind her, you see the alligator come and come and come to me. Such a great visual. Yeah. Um, so we got, once again, more skipping transitions going back and forth between Bobby Lynn and Jackson talking after their sex scene. 
and uh, her coming from the lake and Maxine swimming. Alligators are behind her as she's swimming back and Jackson is filming the next scene now. Maxine walks back to the house and the old lady signals her to come in uh, from the distance. Just complete silence just tells her to come in and more haunting music is playing but she decides to go in anyway. So Maxine's walking through this dark house, which looks mostly unkept. Uh, you can tell that uh, Howard's really not able to keep up with it. Dishes piled up everywhere, just dust everywhere and grimy looking. And uh, the old lady offers to give her some lemonade. And they're just sitting there in complete silence, sipping the lemonade. So all of a sudden Maxine just chugs hers and she's yeah. like, I think that I better go. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's jumping back and forth between the sex scene and what's happening in real time over there. And the old woman explains to her on her way out that she was young once too. And Howard served in both world war, uh, both world wars, uh, both World War One and World War Two, and he used to treat me differently then, um, back when I was pretty. Is basically what she was saying. And then she makes her go uh, because Howard's coming in, and she said, "This is going to be our little secret." Shh. And Maxine's just like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea what's going on at this time, and obviously Maxine has no freaking clue what's going on at this time, uh, and. She runs out after she runs out the back door as Howard pulls in, and he notices that there's two glasses of uh, lemonade on the table. Yeah. So he knows something was up. Maxine and Jackson go to film the next scene in the bar, uh, barn with the cows, and inside the house we see the old lady brushing her hair. There's scary music playing, creepy dolls everywhere. So they're really building up this uh, creepy old lady thing. Yeah. And then as they're filming the sex scene in the barn, you can see the old lady watching them from outside the window. It's creepy. It's super creepy. Super <laughs> creepy. Uh, so the old lady uh, tries to tell Howard to dance with her. And he's like, oh, you know that I can't do any of that. My heart. My heart won't be able to take it. Yeah. Uh, she's obviously trying to get physical with them, but he, he doesn't want to or is scared to. Uh, and Lorraine is then asking... Uh, it's the end of the day now, so they're all just sitting around like a fire uh, at the fireplace. And Lorraine's asking uh, Maxine how she can just have sex with other people while she's in a relationship. And uh, Wayne explains to her, hey, as long as the camera's rolling, it's all fair game. Yeah. And that's all that matters. It's, when it's the camera's business. Rolling, it's, it's not business. real life. It's not real life. Everything's fake. And it's just sex anyway. It's not relationships. It's just sex. Who cares? And Wayne explains to her that he wants to be the first to go to home video because that's where the real money is. No longer do creeps have to be out in public. They <laughs> Creeps can be at their own home and enjoy, <laughs> which I thought was a pretty cool way to do it. Um, and uh, so there was this cool scene of Jackson playing the guitar while Bobby Lynn was singing a song. And they, have, they split the screen into two different uh, scenes at the same time, and they were switching back and forth what was on what. Like it would show uh, Jackson playing the guitar on one screen while the old lady is in her bed by herself in another, and then it will show Bobby Lynn on one while it's showing Maxine listening to the song or whatever. It, it was really cool how it was transitioning. Yeah, back I and think forth the song the was Landslide. Yes. And it kind of depicts how this old lady feels and how these young people feel about. Um, you know, things were different when I was younger and I was beautiful. And that was kind of the the theme that was running through um, the movie so far and how the old lady feels. Um, I just thought it was fitting. The song, the way that um, Bobby Lynn was singing it and it was going in between the old lady and the young group. Yeah. Um, it fit really well with the the scene. And I love that song and she had a great voice for it. So it, yeah. sound, it really did sound good. Yeah. Uh, and as soon as the song ended, Lorraine cut the silence and said, I want to be in the movie. <laughs> and all of a sudden, her boyfriend, RJ, just like lost his shit. He's like, no, you're not going to be in this film. You're not going to be one of those girls. <laughs> I mean, he has every right to be upset, but what did he think was going to happen when he is filming this for them? Yeah. 
and he brought her into the situation. She right. was the she... type of person who thought that this was just complete garbage, only the state right. of the earth will do this, and they convinced her otherwise. And at this point, Wayne pulls RJ out. He's like, hey, I'll settle this. And then he goes outside, and RJ's telling him, no, there's no way that she's going to be in this film. She's not going to be one of those girls. And he's like, you better watch your fucking mouth when you're talking to me, because my girl's one of those girls. Yeah. He's like, oh, no, no, it's nothing like that. He's like... How about we just let her do what she's going to do? Otherwise, she's going to be in a gangbang video with 15 dudes. <laughs> <laughs> so Wayne went from being this super sweet guy to like, uh, hey, why don't you just shut the fuck up and let me make my movie? I don't care if you're here filming it. This is my movie. Right. And he switched real quick. Yes. So we uh, switch over to uh, she starts doing the sex scene with Jackson and then the scene is over it's the middle of the night rj's taking a shower and he's just crying in the shower you really feel for him because it's a very difficult uh thing to go through that has to be a hard pill to swallow to watch your girl get banged by another guy (laughs) so it's at this point that rj decides that he's going to leave he grabs the keys to the van and says fuck it let's see how they make the movie without me then that's on that uh so he hops in and you have Don't Fear the Reaper playing as he's driving the car, which is never a good sign in any movie. No. <laughs> I love that song, but movie horror movies specifically change that movie into that person's about to die. Yeah. <laughs> so he's driving, and then all of a sudden the old woman's <laughs> in the road, and he gets out because he's a good person and tries to help her back in. And she hugs him, and she's moaning as she's hugging him. Like sex moans. Yeah. And uh, she tries to kiss him and he instantly recoils. She's like, why do you look at them like that but you don't look at me like that? Because you're an old bag. And she stabs the fuck out of him. Stabs him right in the throat. He falls down. Then she straddles him. Like almost have sex with him. And then she grabs the knife out and she just goes to frickin' town stabbing this dude straight in the neck. I said, it's about damn time this movie picked up. (laughs) And then I said, I wish there was more cowbell. (laughs) But man, she she was violent. She was super violent. Uh, She probably stabbed the guy a good 20 to 30 times just in his neck. It, It had to have damn near cut his head off. Yeah. The way that she was stabbing. And... Then she gets up and dances, and she's just soaked in blood. And the the blood, when she was stabbing, sprayed the light uh, lights of the van. So you have this really cool red glow to yes. everything that's going on because of the red uh, film over the light of the van. Yeah. Really, really cool scene. Uh, creepy as fuck, too, while she's yeah. dancing around. I thought it was odd that she was dancing, but then I remembered when she was talking to Maxine, she was talking about how she used to be a dancer. So I said, she went back to what she loved. She feels young again. She feels like, you know, this beautiful young lady, what she wants people to see her as, even though she's this old lady that is like almost disabled. Yeah. So from here, uh, Lorraine wakes up and she's looking for RJ. And you got that creep-tastic music playing in the background again. And she's walking around the house. The front door's wide open. And uh, Wayne talks to him, saying that he's going to help look for her. I must have missed a part here. Wayne said that he's going to help. Oh, yeah, so Wayne tells Lorraine that he's going to help look for her. And he's looking all around for he's just in his underwear too like tight waist. <laughs> this dude's jacked though yeah you can tell he used to be an actor or something like that uh because he's completely comfortable in what he's wearing so he's looking around and he goes to the barn and there's this really neat uh shot where it's showing this nail on a board on the floor and the camera's directly in front of it and you can see as wayne's walking you're thinking this is just going to be a fake out nothing's going to nope he steps right on that nail. It's like a two-inch nail goes through his foot, and it's bloody as fuck, too. It's like spraying blood out of his foot. I said Wayne got the Home Alone treatment. <laughs> yeah, there's some jacks on the ground. and <laughs> No, when, uh, what, uh, what was I know what you're talking about, yeah. Marv. Yes, when Marv steps on the nail, walking up the steps, I cannot look at that scene. It is so gross because I can feel it. Yeah, and they go violent with it, too. Yeah. Um, 
so he hears some noises and he sees these holes in the barn so he a really cool visual of the camera acting like it's his eyes and looking through the holes and all of a sudden bam fucking pitchfork comes through the holes and stabs him right in both eyes oh my god it was so vicious it was awesome uh so howard then convinces lorraine to go in the basement and find another light he's got to help look for his wife his wife gets away sometimes because of dementia and he can't really look for her on his own so he needs some help so she goes down to the basement and as she turns the lights on in the basement it the sound that would be the light turning on turned into the pitchfork getting ripped out of uh (laughs) Wayne's eyes. Yes. It was such a cool transition that they did. Yeah. And then she goes in there and just starts dumping hay in his body. <laughs> yeah. To bury him essentially or hide it. Uh Lorraine grabs the uh flashlight downstairs to head upstairs to find out that uh Howard locked her in the basement. So she's stuck down there. And she's trying to look around the basement and she finds a dude strung up on the wall with his pants down to his ankles and shackles around his uh, hands and ankles. So it's pretty obvious what was happening here. The woman locked a dude up in the basement and was raping him. Yeah. Damn. (laughs) It was rough to say. The guy was definitely there for a long time, too, the way that his body looked. Yes. Um, And we find out later that this is the guy that is on uh, the milk carton. Which happens at this next scene, actually. Uh, Jackson is walking around the barn butt-ass naked to see where the noise that he heard was coming from. <laughs> drinks some milk from the mar- milk car, and as he's drinking it, very slightly at an angle, I wrote, you can see the missing person of the dude that was in the basement. And Howard approaches the door asking for help for his wife, and he's talking to her just butt-ass naked, dick slinging. But you, you don't <laughs> see it, but you see the shadow of this massive thing just slinging. <laughs> It was pretty funny. I couldn't help but laugh because I knew what they were going for, but it just was like right in your face. Yeah. Well, pretty far from your face, but big enough I don't know. To be that thing face. could have reached pretty yeah. far. Yeah. So the old woman found her way into Maxine's bed and gets naked to lay in bed with her. And she's still bloody as shit from uh. Kale and RJ. And she's touching Maxine's body everywhere and leaving blood all over everything that she touches. Uh, it goes back to Jackson, him and Howard make it to the pond and to look for his wife, and he finds a van inside of the pond. Um, and now we jump back to Lorraine, who's inside of the basement. She grabs a hatchet to try and break free. We're back over to Jackson, and the old man is telling him that uh, he's walking around in no clothes. You're trying to get with my wife. I know what you're doing. And they shoots him with the shotgun. Just yeah. fucking kills Jackson, despite Jackson trying to help him. Uh, we're back to Maxine. She wakes up with the old woman in bed with her and just fucking screams and loses her shit. I would too. Uh, and she attracted Bobby Lynn to her for help. Uh, switch back over to Lorraine, who's in the basement. She breaks out with the hatchet and goes to grab the lock to unlock it. And Howard just smashes her fucking fingers, like yes. brutally breaking yes. her fingers. crazy to say and tells her get the fuck back in the basement or i'll kill you uh so maxine or lorraine goes back in the basement (laughs) uh not much of a choice he's got a shotgun to her right uh maxine does some more coke uh and bobby lynn is looking for jackson or wayne or anybody like where the fuck did everybody go and the old woman's naked on the edge of the pond and uh Bobby one sees her and tries to help her and the old woman just slaps her right in the face and she's like you are nothing but a whore and Bobby one's trying to be nice about it she's like hey I'm just trying to help you man she's like get away from me you whore I know what you are yeah and Bobby one's like why don't you get the fuck out of my way then and the old lady pushes her in the water and an alligator fucking violently attacks her like holy shit violently attacks her I mean you knew it was coming because they kept hinting at the gator but that scene yeah it was awesome so howard finds the old lady um and asks uh if she was the one and she's like no you know that i don't like blondes (laughs) so at this point you now know that the old lady and howard are working in on this together she's trying to specifically get a girl yes um for 
probably her sex dungeon or something along the lines of that. Yeah. Maxine is frantically scrubbing herself clean because of all the blood that the old lady put on her. And Howard is now talking to his wife. And now we find out that her name is Pearl. It's the first time that we hear her name throughout the whole movie. So I stopped writing the old lady. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And she's talking to Howard and says, tell me that I'm special. And he just said, I, I felt that since the first moment that we met each other. And they have this touching moment. Super and, sweet. Uh, she is like, show me how you feel then. Have sex with me, basically. And he's like, well, what about my heart? What if it can't take it? She's like, oh, it, it can take it. So now we get a scene where this old fu- uh, old couple's fucking on the bed. Oh, my God. And, and it, I knew that it would happen, but it happened. The camera slowly panned down and Maxine is underneath the bed. <laughs> Uh, so she slowly crawls out of there and goes to get in the car in the van, but there's a dead body in front of the van and the keys aren't in the van. So she grabs the gun out of the glove box very smartly before walking out. And she enters the house to find Lorraine uh, in the basement, locked in there, and the church channel is playing in the background too. She frees uh, Lorraine and instantly she's, Lorraine's blaming her for everything. She's like, this is all your fault. Get the F away. Get the F away from me. She's like, no, no, no. Let's get out of this together. We need to stick together. She's like, F you, F this, F this situation. Everything here is your fault. She goes out the front door and gets blasted with a shotgun. It was blasted for sure. Howard just was not taking her shit. No. (laughs) Um, So from here, Howard and Pearl are both talking about how to properly dispose of all the bodies. Maxine's hiding. They don't know Maxine's in there. And they're like, well, we need to drag the body back onto the porch because if the cops see it, then it's self-defense if she's on my porch. <laughs> it's not self-defense if she's out there. Yeah. So he drags the body in. And as he's dragging the body in, he has a heart attack because it takes too much out of him. So instantly, Maxine sees this as her time. So she pulls the gun out and tries to shoot um, Pearl, but there's no bullets in the gun. And this is a callback to the very beginning of the movie um, when Wayne walked up to the house and Howard had the shotgun on him. After they figured everything out, he puts the shotgun down and he says, oh, don't worry, there's no bullets in there anyway. I mainly keep it just to scare people. And uh, Wayne says, yeah, I do the same thing. I have a gun in the glove box with no bullets. Yeah. So she obviously did not know that there were no bullets in there, but there weren't any. Pearl grabs the shotgun to shoot Maxine. She misses. She shoots just over her head, but the kickback knocks her like 30 fucking yards back. Yeah, it's pretty intense. <laughs> it, it reminded me very much of uh, Django Unchained when they shoot uh, Leo with the shotgun, yeah. and then he shoots like 30 yards back. <laughs> it reminded me very much of that. So Pearl's asking her for help because her hip is broken. And Maxine just goes over to her and goes, shh, we'll keep it our secret. Yeah, I like <laughs> And then that. Uh, she hops in the car and smashes her fucking head with the oh. car, just destroys it. There's this beautiful sunrise as she drives away and it flashes to the church TV. And the preacher is sitting there talking about Satan and how Satan affects all of us in different ways this and that and then he reveals a photo and it's of maxine he's yeah, like this took... is my daughter that satan took my daughter away from me yeah come to find out it was maxine yeah um so from here the sheriffs are we're back to the beginning of the movie the sheriffs are cleaning up the bodies and they don't know what the fuck happened at this place uh they're looking around trying to find something and then they find the video camera and they're like, well, what do you think's on there, Sheriff? I don't know. Something fucked up. No, he and, said a bad horror movie. Oh, a bad horror movie. And then the <laughs> credits roll. Uh, and that's the end of the movie. So it, it's... Uh, I didn't care for that last scene. I wish that it was done slightly differently to where maybe Maxine uh, led the sheriffs to that place because she's trying to get famous and maybe spun it to uh, where she's using that as her stepping stone. Yeah. That, that would make a little bit more sense to me than what ended up happening. But either way, I, I was still okay with it. It's not like it was a bad ending. It's just that I would have preferred it to be very differently than what it was. Yeah. Uh, but that, that was the end of the movie. It, it was 
a pretty cut and dried plot, but they did a very good job. Like I said, developing characters, uh, building onto the story of it, showing relationships between characters before people just started dying off. Nobody that died in this movie was just a throwaway character. And that's true. That's a good point. I appreciate that you have that underlying of character. I just thought it was a little drawn out, a little bit too much. But again, like we've said, I don't like a slow burn. I like it. You light it like a firecracker and boom, there yeah. it goes. And I can easily see them cutting 10, maybe 15 minutes out of this movie and it's still being serviceable and not like, wow, that's missing something. It doesn't feel like that at all. But uh, I prefer it the way that it is compared to if they did take those 10 or 15 minutes out of the movie. Um Especially with, I'm sure they knew that this wouldn't be a huge box office success because of how adult content related it is. Those movies typically don't transition extraordinarily well. And because of that, they could, this might have been better to be like a straight to Netflix release type of deal. As much as I hate to say it, I feel like it would have got much more of a buzz around it if day one this was Netflix Presents X. Yeah. I think that this would have been a much more popular movie. I could see and that. Normally, I hate saying that. Like, Prey, I hate saying that Prey came out on Hulu. I wish that Prey came out in theaters. I think it's this a different feels, type of movie, though. This feels like this should be Netflix Presents X. I was going to say, I couldn't see watching this in a movie theater, but I enjoyed watching it more in the comfort of my home. Yeah. Probably because it was so adult content that... Yeah. You kind of have that, like, awkwardness of watching it with strangers. Yeah. It, it feels very much like It Follows to me. I got big It Follows vibes. Have you ever seen that one? No. Okay. That's definitely one that we need to watch because it, it's great. But this definitely has It Follows vibes. Um, but overall, very good movie. Highly recommend that you go see it for yourself. And uh, that is going to be it for this one. I think the next movie that we're going to be reviewing is probably going to be either smile or nope both of them are current releases or relatively new releases i saw uh nope in theaters already i went opening night for that one i've yet to see smile i heard good things about it i think that it's the highest grossing horror movie of the year typically does not translate into a good movie from what i've seen but yeah who knows? Could be great. But so, give us your feedback. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, follow us on Instagram, at Horror's Edge. Follow us on Facebook. What is it? The Horror's Edge on Facebook? Yeah, I think if you just type in Horror's Edge, it will pop up. Yep. Uh, send us some direct messages as we post these clips. Uh, let's turn it into a conversation. Uh, if you guys have any requests of movies that we should be doing in the future, throw them in there as well, and we'll definitely take that into consideration. But until next time, I'm Phil. And I'm Stacy. We'll see you next time.